You know, I believe that I've got a countercultural message, something that actually works against the negativity in our society at the moment. And actually, I'm going to preach like my trousers are on fire today because I believe I need to break a stronghold in the spirit. And so I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to use volume, but I am asking for authority from God today. Because I think there's a stronghold to be broken. You were meant to thrive. Come on, give the Lord praise. You were meant to thrive. You are destined to thrive. You are destined to be fruitful. You are destined to be resources poured into your life. I want you to declare a scripture over your life. This is the foundation. Now in the next few weeks I'm going to teach you how to thrive. I'm going to paint a picture of thriving today. But I want you to declare a scripture over your life. It's Psalm 92 verses 12 through 15. I want you to read it with me if you can. Uh, If you need to read your Bible closer up then that's fine. But I actually want you to declare this over your life. So no mumbling, okay? Because you were meant to thrive. Here we go. Psalm 92, 12 through 15. Here we go. The righteous. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Proclaim it. Now proclaim it. The Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no wickedness in him. Amen? Amen. Please take your seats. You know, if I asked you, where do you live? Some of you would say your address. Uh, Some of you would say an area of the city where we are. But when I say, where do we live? I think we live in two worlds. We live in a world where reality bites into our existence. We live in the world where we're facing some of the, our struggles. We live in a world where, in the world where we, there's some things need resolving. We live in a world where we're stretching for some things and, and we live in a world with some things unanswered. And at the same time, we live as Christians and also as just ordinary people today, we live in the world of our hopes and our dreams and our ambitions. We live in a world of what we say the Bible says we can be. And often these two worlds are colliding. And these two worlds can sometimes be at variance. But the real key to thriving and flourishing is not allowing the agenda and the negativity of the world that's all around us to set the agenda in our lives. That there is a learning process so that we can move towards thriving. But here we go. I'm preaching now against a stronghold. The stronghold that says we have to have a negative agenda set into all of our lives. You've heard it this week. Another storm's on the way. Next weekend's going to be stormy. Uh, A virus is on its way. Uh, Somebody's been sacked from the government. What's new? And there's going to be, you know, and there's negativity all around. But here's the key. 
I am not going to let the negativity of all that I'm hearing set the agenda for my life, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn the process that God can teach me to move me to a way of living that causes me to thrive. That causes me to break that stronghold in my mind that says, I won't thrive. I'll only just survive and only just make it. Abigail Adams was... Uh, the wife of the second president of the United States, John Quincy Adams. And often she was known, and she became known as the second lady. And the reason why, because she actually was his chief advisor. And when he was trying to uh, create a nation after the revolution, she often gave him advice. In fact, she was the first person to be called the first lady. But Abigail Adams wrote to John and said this, And you may think, and he was saying, this is so hard. I can't shape this nation. And she said this to him. These are times in which a genius would wish to live. It's not in the still calm of life that great characters are formed. The habits of a vigorous mind are formed in contending with difficulties. Great necessities call out great virtues. And they will make... Those things which were dormant in your life awaken to form the character of a great hero and a great statesman. Basically what Abigail Adams was saying to her husband was, man up. Come on. You may be facing some difficulties, but you can thrive. You know, we know that our normal reality it centers around our relationships, that who we're in right now, who we're in relationship with, the provision that we have, the nurture that we've received, uh, the ambitions that we have. All of these things shape what our reality is and some of the struggles that we have. But actually, let's see that all these things and within all these things... God has given us resources and wants to pour even more resources into our lives so that he can fill us and flood our lives so that we can thrive. I'm preaching against a stronghold that doesn't believe we're supposed to thrive. And I'm going to preach against it in the spirit. You were meant to thrive. Let me put this scripturally for you. Psalm 92 has just told you that you'll flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar of Lebanon in the courts of the house of our God. Jesus said it this way, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Much fruit. You were meant to thrive. John 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me, Jesus says, But I chose you and appointed so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So that you, whatever you ask in my name, Jesus says, I will give it to you. John 15 verse 4 says this. Remain in me and I'll also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. But it must remain in the vine. And neither... Can you bear fruit unless you remain in me? And then Jesus goes on and says, I'm going to prune some things so that you can be even more fruitful. You were meant to thrive. You were meant to flourish. 
You were meant and you're destined to be fruitful. Psalm chapter 1 verse 3 says this. The person is like a tree planted by streams of waters which yields fruit in its season and wherever it is whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. And you see, our big question is how do we get this flourishing and moving in our lives? How do we get to that place where the world that we're in and the world that the Bible paints, how do we bring that into my existence and into my life? We were not meant to just strive. We were not meant to just survive. We were meant to thrive. I have a clear message for you today, and I'm going to repeat it often. You were meant to thrive. Amen? Amen. You know, and so... We were meant to go beyond the ordinary and thrive. Now, it's going to take a process, and over the next few weeks, I'm going to teach you some lessons of how to thrive. But I need to say something really quite clearly, and and we need to say something really important right now. What I'm not saying is, let's go to the next level. Now... That's important teaching and may be appropriate at times and may be important for some people at times. But thriving in God is much more than just going to the next level. It's a lot richer than that. It's a lot deeper than that. It's a lot more of a journey than just taking an odd step up. You might be in a season of grief or a season of change. You might actually be, Pastor Mark, you're saying thrive and I can barely hold on right now. I understand that. And actually, even in that season, God wants to pour his resources in so that some fruit comes out. Beth Moore, who's written a book called Chasing Vines, she describes how a vine is grown. And actually, and you can see it actually in Isaiah chapter 5, where the great vine dresser says how he clears the vineyard. And what you do is, when you want some vines to grow, is you clear it, But actually you leave some stones in there. And you leave some rocks in there because a vine to grow well needs some resistance. I'm looking at some of you people and you're from the Mediterranean. What do I know about vines? We've just got one in Dudley. That's our only vine. But but you know what? You leave some rocks in there so that some resistance come. Because if there's no resistance in the soil, a vine just produces leaves. And it doesn't produce any fruit. God has left some rocks in your life and in your situation. Because he's trying to get some fruit out that wouldn't come unless that resistance was there. You see, your disappointment and God's no to you is him protecting you. He's protecting you from something. He's training you for something. So that your flourishing can come. But I want you to understand that we're not just talking about, oh, let's just try harder and go to the next level. No, I want you to learn a process over the next few weeks so that you can flourish. Now, for those of you who only come to church every other week, you're going to have to listen online. Or why don't you come every week and walk this journey with us so that we can thrive and flourish. Now, I'm going to teach you the process. 
But actually, can I miss that out just for a moment and take you to the end of the journey? Because what I want to do is describe what a thriving life looks like. Because I'm preaching against a stronghold today that says you can't expect anything in God. Don't worry about the lights, just listen. You have to expect something in God. Number one. Okay, a thriving life looks like this. It means that we are deepening in our relationship with God. Flourishing in the courts of God. Jesus said, remain in me and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You have to have a connection with God. And thriving means that, that you can thrive. It means being spiritually, on that you're alive and that what is happening in your spirit is that you're being fed and you're being made alive. It means that you can hear God and understand his ways. It's really important that if you're going to thrive, that you understand that the connection with God is really important. So how is your connection with God? You see, I wonder if you are going to say to yourself, well, I used to have this really vibrant, you know, I used to kind of sense God's presence, but it's all gone a bit flat. Over the next few weeks, we're going to learn how to get that connection back so that it's sharp and it's alive and you can hear his voice and you begin to smell where he's going. One of the things that I've learned when I'm thinking about my connection with God is I I, I think if I keep doing this and it's taking me in this direction, where will I be in relationship with God? You see, it's really important you see where something's taking you. And if it's taking you further away from God, it's good that you stop it now. A person who's thriving has a rich relationship and connection with God. The second thing is that a thriving Christian and a thriving person is, has consistent fruit. That no matter what season it is, there will be some fruit that comes out. Incredible fruit. Fruit that some people think, how is that happening? The Bible says in Psalm 1 verse 3, this person will be planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in every season and its leaf never withers and whatever they do prospers. Now you know, the Bible doesn't use an example for no reason. When it says in Psalm 92, it it compares you to a palm tree. Have you ever been compared to a tree before? You know, I'm not really sure it was a good metaphor. But then I began to look into it. In the scriptures, a Bible palm tree is 80, 90 feet tall. It's got an unusual root system so that it can weather lots of storms. They don't break. They bend in the storms. And you might have seen that during some of the tropical storms. But one of the incredible things, I mean, who knew this, what I'm about to tell you? I wonder if you do know this, that a palm tree is fruitful all year round. Every single month, you can eat some of its fruit or use some of its fruit. 
From January to March, you can drink palm milk. From April to June, you can break open the nut and eat the meat from the nut. From July to September, it's so soft you can peel it to eat it. From uh, October through December, you can eat it like a plum. Every single month of the year, you can eat something from a palm tree. It's fruitful all year round. And God says, you're my palm tree. I'm preaching against the stronghold today that some people feel that they're useless. And God's going to come along to your mind and say, you're not useless. I've put resources in you. I can use you in every season and every month. And I'm going to try and destroy that stronghold in your mind that says, I haven't got much to offer. You know what, from a palm tree, that you can make furniture, baskets, doormats, brushes, mattresses, ropes, thatching, and even clothing. It's itchy clothing, but you can make clothing from it. There are lots of things you can get from a palm tree. It can be used for food, oils, syrups, waxes, dyes, medicine, varnish, palm wood. You see, you're not useless. God's got some rich resources that you don't know that you've got yet. He's put some gifts in you. He's put some things in you. And that's why he says, you're my palm tree. You can be fruitful all year round and I can use you for lots of things. That's why he uses that picture. He says, my people will be a flourishing palm tree planted in the house of the Lord. Thriving means that you can be fruitful. There's a stronghold in some of our minds that says, I'm useless, I'm not fruitful. You were meant to thrive. Let's call that out. Thirdly, thriving means that you can have be an influence and a blessing on others. Whatever you do can prosper. Thriving means that other people can receive strength from you. You know, the Bible says that we are to bear one another's burdens. Is it always true that you're the one who the other people are bearing your burden? But when will it be true of you that you're the one who is bearing other people's burdens because you've received so much strength that you've got an overflow of strength so that other people can depend on you? Thriving people have an influence on others. Peter, in a moment of conversion, in a moment of weakness, said to Jesus, Go away from me, Jesus. I'm a sinful man. I've seen how you teach. I've seen uh, the miracles that you can do. Go away from me. He was at that moment confessing his emptiness and his state, quite rightly so. And what did Jesus say? I will make you a fisher of other men. You'll be an influence on other people. You'll be blessed to be a blessing. You might feel that your situation is so enclosed that you can't bless others. But God's putting resources in you. He's putting richness in you so that you can bless other people. A thriving person is used to influence others. Number four. A thriving person means that you have fruit or characteristics that will set you apart. That will help you and make you stand out. 
The Bible says the righteous flourish like palm tree and they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. All of a sudden, the Lord is calling us a palm tree. And I'm going to say these scriptures over and over and over again to you today so that your mind is washed in them. The Bible says we're a palm tree and then all of a sudden, he changes the, the illustration and says, but you'll also be like a cedar of Lebanon. Now, for those of you who know, a cedar of Lebanon was a very strong tree and a very tall tree and a tree that was made to build temples and palaces and houses with it. It was a very distinctive tree that it it stood out from the rest. In fact, it was so distinctive, it made uh, not just houses and palaces, but you could strip it and make perfume from it. In fact, there's a society called the Cedarwood Perfume House. And lots of men's aftershave, even today, are made from cedarwood. And some of you will be at Marks and Spencers and go, Mmm, that sandalwood perfume, it's so old-fashioned. It's that, that cedarwood. One of my favorite stories is about a Chinese missionary trainer that was training a group of people to go into China. And she was training them with the with way the appropriate Bible verses would be. And she was training them in, in the food. She was training them in the culture. And one day, they were all in the classroom, four rows, all sitting behind desks. And she walked in and she didn't say anything. But what she did was, is she walked up the side of one aisle, across the front, and then down Complete silence. The students were wondering what was going on. She walked around the back and up the other aisle to the front and down the front of the fourth aisle and down the side and then opened the door and just walked out. And the students were in a little bit of confusion, thinking, well, what is this about? And then she came back in and she said, what have I taught you today? And there was silence. And then one student raised his hand and said, he didn't know whether he was half joking or just wanted to break the awkward silence, but he raised his hand and he said, I've just learned today that your perfume is really nice. And she said, exactly. There are going to be times when you won't be able to say a word, but it will be only your life And your character that will stand out to the rest of that society. And I want to say to you that God wants to grow your character in such a way. So that you will stand out. That sometimes your words won't be uh, even needed. Because people will look at you and say, I wish I was like that. Flourishing and thriving people, people look at them and their head and shoulders in their character above people and they say, you know what, if only I wish I could be like that. I wish that perfume came off my life. I was in uh, Grand Central the other day, uh, meeting with a minister friend who was wanting to share a little bit with me and uh, wanted to kind of get some things off his chest, who need a little bit of help and so on. And I went into the cafe called Giraffe up on the top there. And uh, the, the server who greeted us, actually she did say, hello Pastor Mark, and I didn't catch that she knew me. I just heard her say hello, and I didn't catch that she knew me. 
But you know what? She was so pleasant and so smiley and so she, the way that she served was so wonderful. And uh, I watched her actually and I was listening to my friend but also I watched her. She was so kind to the other guests in the, in the restaurant and it was almost like she was like a healing bomb. She wasn't just being a waitress. She was actually pastoring that restaurant. She was so great. And you know why? There's a bit of an awkward moment, but I watched her so much, I think, I'm sure she must go to church. She's so pleasant. I said, hey, do you go to church? And she says, yeah, I go to BCC. <laughs> this was a bad moment for a pastor. I mean, I thought about, shall I just say, well, you don't wear your giraffe uniform in, in BCC. I just said, oh, oh, you know, hey, isn't it great that we've got people like you in our church? I just want you to know that you are blessing and helping people and and touching people by your good character. By the way that you live your life. By the way that you do your job. By the way that you are with people. Thriving means that God will invest in you so much that your character grows head and shoulders. You'll be a cedar of Lebanon. Fifthly, thriving means that you will have a mindset that is strong in faith. A faith mindset first. You know what it's like sometimes as Christians? You know that, that we often, we start off with doubt and we need a message and a sermon and some friends and we need some cajoling and we need some, some kind of encouragement to get us to a place of faith. Well, actually, a thriving person, it's opposite. They start with the mindset of faith. They say to themselves, you know what? Even though the circumstances are opposite, even though it doesn't look like I am going to be what I thought I was going to be, I still believe you, God. I want to ask you today, are you the sort of Christian where God has to negotiate you back into faith, or do you start with faith? And do you start with that place where you say, you know what, God, I'm going to believe you anyway. I was watching Billy Graham, one of his old kind of crusades. And one of the things that struck me is that he bowed his head. And at the end of his message, he said this. He said, if you died tonight, where would you go? And I kind of thought, you know what, Lord, that, that's the basis of where we're at. That, that actually, we are banking on that that faith carries us to heaven. And yet, as Christians, sometimes in our lives, we're kind of negotiating all the time with God instead of hearing that rock and that basis where we say to ourselves, I believe that this faith is going to carry me into eternity. I want to just ask you tonight, if you died tonight, where would you go? Where would you go? That's one person. If you died tonight, where would you go? You see, 
The righteous have a faith as a rock as their foundation. If you're here under the sound of my voice and you can't shout out like other people to say heaven, you're saying, well, I may, I'm just hedging my bets. You have not got that rock of faith. But why is it that you can cry out those words, heaven, and yet when God asks you to do a simple thing, you start negotiating with him? You start saying, well, maybe, maybe not. You believed him for the hardest thing. Now why are you negotiating all the time? Thriving people say to themselves, I start with faith. And I don't move to doubt. And over the next few weeks I'm going to teach you how to do that. Thriving means that you are determined to make an impact. And your impact is appropriate and it will fit the season that you're in you'll have a consistent, long-term impact. The Bible says they will bear fruit in their old age. Have you got any senior citizens here? You're not done yet. You'll bear fruit in your old age. You'll stay fresh and green. You'll stay fresh and green. You know, I wonder sometimes, you know, bread is an old recipe, but it's lovely when it's fresh, isn't it? It's great when things are fresh. Are you an older Christian here and actually you've never had a fresh thought for a while? You're just trotting out the same things that you've always believed and God's never downloaded something fresh in your mind. You know, we always say there's nothing new under the sun and so we relax back and say, oh, I know it all. But when was the last time that something came alive to you again and that you were fresh and green? That's a thriving person. That you can still bear fruit way into your old age. Whatever your age, you can make a win in any battle. And you can make a contribution. Now I know that some of you, you know, you've been around Christianity for a long time. And you're acting as if you just know it all. But when was the last time that God said to you, I want to fill you again with fresh revelation. Do you remember Caleb, Joshua's partner? Caleb, when he was 45 years old, went out to spy the land. And he basically, he says this in Joshua 14. Those knuckleheads have kept me waiting for 45 years. I'm 85 now at 40 years. They've they've kept me waiting for 40 years. I'm 85 years old now. And now give me my inheritance. Give me my hill. I want Hebron, and I've heard, by the way, Joshua, that the Anakites lived there, which were the giant tribe that Goliath came from. I've learned that they lived there, but with God's help, I'm going to drive them out. No matter how old you are, you can still make a contribution, and you can still win a battle. Thriving people always want to make an impact. So I just painted a picture for you today because I'm preaching against a stronghold in the minds of people that says, yeah, settle down. I don't expect much. Ah, You know what? These struggles that you're having, it's kind of the way it should be. Well, actually, God's preparing you through those struggles for a life of flourishing. Thriving means that you are growing well in all the ways that you are supposed to grow. 
I want to thrive for the rest of my life. Who's with me? That's everybody, yeah? I want to thrive for the rest of my life. Let me hear a big amen on that. Amen. Amen. You've just spoken that over me. You have to stop telling yourself that you can't really expect it. You have to stop hearing the bitter pill of some of your experiences that says, Yeah, I've blown it. It's not for me. You were meant to thrive. You see, when a baby's thriving, they make noises. So when the baby's thriving, they're growing. When they're, they're responding, they're smiling, they're caring. They're, they're responding to care. They're active. Well, they're being nourished. They're growing. They're getting heavier. And we love that about babies, don't we? We hate it when we see a sickly, weakly baby. And, you know, you think to yourself, you know, that's not thriving. And then when the baby starts to thrive, there's joy around all that baby because he's thriving and responding. Well, why would you be less than a baby? That you're not growing or responding or you make no noise for Jesus. That you're not active. Why would you be that way? Why would you take delight in a baby and then not in yourself? For you to thrive, and this is where we're going to land for this week, you need three key things in your life. For you to grow in thriving, you need to be nourished Because thriving is a process, not an event. We're not just stepping to another level. We're going to enter a journey. First and foremost, if you're going to thrive, number one, you must be planted and rooted. Nothing grows, nothing thrives if you're not planted and rooted. The Bible says you need a spiritual home. In fact, it says that they'll be planted and flourishing in the courts of the house of God. If you're checking us out, if you're thinking about different church, you need to find a church family because you'll never grow, you'll never thrive unless you become rooted into one house, the house that leads you as a family. So don't go to this church and that church and another church and the other church and this meeting and this meeting and that meeting and all the rest of it. And you're actually, you're a Christian who's going through a spiritual buffet bar. You will never grow. You'll just get fat and overweight. You won't grow. And actually it's the same. It's true in life. You need to plant yourself in your life. There are some people, they don't, they don't plant themselves in their life. They're always unhappy with their life. They're always leaving their life. They're breaking up with every relationship they're in. They're never planted in anything. They change their job. They change their course. They change everything. Change, 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 change. And because they're not planted in anything or anywhere, they're never going to be thriving. I want to speak against that thro- threshold today. I want to speak against that stronghold. Plant yourself and you will thrive second thing to plant to thrive you're going to have to be nourished and to be growing I'm going to just say this really quickly we want to grow in truth not lies we want to grow in holiness and connection to God we want to grow in relationships that are healthy insight uh, that gives us life wisdom a venture that puts us on mission an encounter with the presence of God and I'm going to teach you through that over the next few weeks T-H-R-I-V-E 
Truth, holiness, relationships, insight, venture, encounter. That's going to be our curriculum. Are you coming with me on a journey? Because you want to grow in those areas. You need to be planted. You need to be growing. Lastly, if you're going to thrive, you need to be connected. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Hey, please stand with me. You need to be sure of your connection with God, but also your connection with other people. You need to be a connected person. If you are a wandering loner, you will not thrive. For those of a certain generation, you remember a singer called Slim Whitman that sang a country and western song called I'm Just a Wandering Loner. Well, Slim, you're never going to thrive. For those of you of another generation, there's, a, there's a, a, an arcade game, a, a computer game called The Wandering Loner. And if you are just playing that, you are playing games with your life. Because as a wandering loner, you will never thrive. Hey, if you're a guest with us, this is something sometimes we do. And you may absent yourself. But everybody with me, will you just say the word and, and just repeat after me? If you're going to thrive, first of all, you need to be planted. Everybody say planted. Planted. Come on, say it. Planted. Planted. You need, in other words, you need to put your roots down. You'll never grow if you're not planted. So everybody, planted. Planted. Secondly, growing. Growing. You, You will not thrive if you're not growing. You have got to start saying, you know what, if I come to a plateau in my life where I know lots of stuff and I sing lots of stuff, but I sing beyond my growth. And I need to be growing now. You've got to grow in truth. You've got to grow in holiness. You need to grow in relationships. You need to grow in insight. You need to grow in the venture and the mission of God. And you need to grow in your encounter of God. So everybody with me, planted, planted. Growing. growing, thirdly, connected. connected. You cannot thrive if you're not connected to God and to other people. Your relationship with God has got to come alive now. It's got to be the most important thing that you do, but also God's going to connect you with people. He's going to connect you with opportunities. Instead of you just being somebody who drifts through life, God's going to say, that's the opportunity I've got for you. I'm going to click you into it. You've got to go with it. One more time. Planted. Planted. Come on, cry it out. Planted. Planted. Growing. Growing. Connected. See, this is how you thrive. If you don't have heard anything I've said today, see, I'm preaching against a stronghold in somebody's mind that says, I can't really expect much from God. But if you'll plant yourself, if you'll commit to a journey of growth, and if you'll get connected, you will thrive. I said BCC, you will thrive. I prophesy it over this church right now. You will thrive. You will grow. You can expect things from God. You cannot be that person who just says, I'm just here to survive. I'm just striving. You are not here to survive. You are here to thrive.
That's the word of the Lord to you as a person and to this church. You have to commit to a learning process. You're going to have to bring your lack and your emptiness to God and say, fill it, fill it, Lord. You're going to have to say to yourself, believe, have a believing mindset that you were meant to believe God and to stop saying to yourself, I don't expect anything, but actually to say, I expect to grow. Planted. Planted. Planted, Lord. Rooted down in your word. Rooted down in your house. Rooted down in your people. Rooted down and stop leaving my life. Come back to your life. And God's going to root you and plant you. Growing. Going on a journey and not saying, I'm just, I'm just going to drift from one experience to another. But actually going and growing and connected. God, I want to connect to you. God, I want to connect to the opportunities you're bringing. Planted, growing, connected. You will thrive, BCC. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So I want to say to you, if you're a guest here, we're going on a journey over the next few weeks and over the season is going to be spring. I promise you the storms will finish and the spring will come. It'll be a brief season and we're going to go into a long summer because we're going to be fruitful. Lift your hand with me right now. And by faith, I want you to say something over your life. But you've got to mean it. I believe I can thrive. Come on, claim it. I just want to thrive, Lord. You know, we're not just saying it just over your life. I'm saying it over your business. If you're a business person, I believe your business can thrive. Your career can thrive. Your marriage can thrive. Your family can thrive. Your heart can thrive. Your mind can thrive. I could speak against mental illness that says, I'm just going to be weak and paltry for the rest of my life. I believe I can thrive. Our church can thrive. Amen. BCC, we were not called to just survive. We were called to... Let's sing to him. And I'm going to ask you if you need prayer in a few moments. Just about anything at all, we want to pray with you. Because we believe it starts in relationship. Let's sing together, shall we?